Welcome to the audio blog. I'm Paolo again, back for another episode on flavor. And with me is Jason, as usual. So today we're going to continue talking about acquired tastes and we're going to expand a little bit more. Yeah, I was thinking we could talk a little bit about uh, flavor appreciation. Oh, okay. Because this is... Um, this is a kind of this is kind of topic that that I started thinking about since I met you. Uh, I remember when we were working together uh, after lunch, you'd say, "Jason, come on, let's go have an espresso." Okay. I've never had espresso before up until then. Really? Uh, yeah, because it's just not something a guy like me would order. Right. It's, you know, someone that's maybe. Uh, fancier than me perhaps would go order that or someone who knows their their coffee i didn't really know it seems like a very high level coffee sort of guy and uh i'm probably more of a double double kind of guy okay but we tried it and i loved it and i learned to appreciate the espresso yeah and i'm thinking you know maybe there's maybe there's uh other examples of that maybe is there any sort of flavors or um foods in Italy that uh, North Americans could gain a, a better appreciation for? Well, in, in me, one example that comes to mind is the flavor of um, fresh mozzarella or bocconcini or fior di latte. A lot of Italians love mozzarella very much, but, but not everyone does because it's a subtle flavor and um, it requires you um, to sort of clear your mind, cleanse a little bit. It's one of those flavors that you really need to think about it for a second. Then once you've done that, you will start to love it and appreciate the subtleties of it. That reminds me of uh, my first meal that I had in Japan. I was living in Nagano, which oh, is yeah? famous for soba, the okay. buckwheat oh, right. noodles. Yeah, yeah. And I had no idea what it was. I didn't know anything about Japan. I was still a, still a student. So... When I got there, the guys at work brought me out to the famous sobaya, which is right mm. beside the work. And uh, I got the soba, and it came out, and it was a plate of noodles, just noodles. Yeah, they're boiled. Bo- yeah, and it's, and it's, it's just sitting, and it's cold. They're cold. That's and it's thing. cold. So in my mind, uh, I didn't know what to do with this. I was looking, where's the sauce? <laughs> is there ketchup anywhere? <laughs> no. What do I? Yeah, and uh, it's like imagine somebody brought you a plate of cold spaghetti. That'd be pretty weird. Yeah, that, that's me. kind of what the experience was like. But uh, and I tried it, and you know it's fine, filled me up. But I I really didn't uh, experience soba then. I just ate it. And then. And then eventually, after living there for a year, near the end, I really began to understand the the subtlety of the flavors and how you didn't need to have a really strong flavor in order to enjoy something. I have a question. Do you dip the noodles into some kind of a... Yeah, there's a tsuyu, but it's very kind of a... Very delicate. Very uh, yeah, it's, it's also quite light. You yeah. know, the, you, when you have it over in North America, they actually make it saltier. Stronger. Yeah. And stronger, yeah. Uh, but over there, it's it's less. At least in Nagano, it was. Interesting. Um, yeah, I liked zarusoba um, in uh, when I discovered it in, in here in Vancouver. There's a lot of Japanese restaurants, and um, yeah, I was surprised that it was cold. Same thing, maybe because like the dip is more salty, 
and contains, I guess, umami. Um, I did I did like uh, to dip it in there and eat it, but I also like the texture. I think because um, I'm familiar with that type of pasta. It's the same flour that pizzoccheri uh, are made of, uh, farino di grano saraceno, buckwheat right, flour. Buckwheat, yeah. And um, they do have some, uh, some interesting texture and flavor. But again, it wasn't new to me, so I, I enjoyed it. It's still one of my favorites. Really? Yeah, that's fine. Well, that's probably because you're used, like, you're used to appreciating mozzarella and other subtle, subtle flavors. I find in, in North America, the flavors are all about jumping up and punching you in the face, right? If it yeah. doesn't punch you in the mouth, then there's nothing there to appreciate. Yeah, you know, people will say, ah, oh, this, this just doesn't grab me or it has no flavor or I, I don't get it. I wonder yeah. sometimes, is there ever a French fry in Canada or North America that makes it to somebody's mouth without ketchup? It happens. It happens. It happens. By yeah. accident. I, no, no. You drop I, it. I do it. I do it. Sure. You do it, but it's quite rare in my experience here. Um, I, I know there's other ways, like you can have uh, malt vinegar, and some people really like that. Uh, they um, drizzle the, the fries with it. Yeah, or, or regular vinegar. That's also very popular. Yeah, sure. but in my experience, uh, from being Italian, um, French fries, we have them too. We call them patatine, little potatoes, uh, which are fried, uh, not fried in canola oil. I can guarantee you that. But they're delicious, and restaurants especially can make them really well because probably they have very good fryers. And uh, a lot of people will just enjoy them with a light touch of salt. And mm. uh, it, well, I think that's maybe the biggest difference, though. Like, uh, the quality of French fries varies quite a lot mm-hmm. from place to place here, especially if you're cooking it at home. Yeah. Deep frying is not a... Uh, not easy. It's not easy, yeah. uh, and yet French fries are considered a very common... Uh, household thing to eat, and most people actually don't deep fry them these days. They bake them because well, you, you buy them pre-fried. Yeah, uh, are they pre-fried? Uh, sometimes they are. I, know. Oh, I didn't know that. Like the potato wedges, which is another thing that bugs my mind. Oh, I remember when those came out. So is that new? Uh well, I mean, I was a kid. Okay, I was maybe seven or eight, but yeah, well, the first time I saw a potato wedge was is incredible. It seems to me that if you're taking a potato, you're essentially carving out the core of it. Because I don't see the entire potato in the wedge anymore. It looks like there's some parts that are missing. And and basically, it has the skin on, and is the thick skin of, uh, I think, russet potatoes or those yeah, potatoes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, um, and then, you know, it's baked with um, usually some kind of cheese on top. But before it was fried, that's my experience with, with them. Yeah, I don't know about baking them, but definitely fried. Fried. Yeah, yeah, it happens. You don't see them as much as you used to. Maybe it was a fad. Yeah. Possible. And you have them with ketchup or just straight? Ketchup. <laughs> but I see ketchup <laughs> everywhere, even at breakfast. Oh. What is it with that thing? I grew up in a ketchup breakfast family. They, there's, there's families that have ketchup at the breakfast table and families that don't. Okay. And my family did. And I never questioned it until I went to school and had roommates and they started asking me, why do you put ketchup on your eggs or your hash browns? Right. There was a point in life when I put ketchup on bacon. This is crazy. <laughs> so the punch in the face that you were talking about. Very Absolutely. Much. That was like the one, two, the bacon, <laughs> the ketchup. Boom, boom. Uh, so one other, th- one other preference that... I thought of lately was liver. 
Okay. And not like pate or foie gras, like fried liver with onions. Yep. So this used to be very popular over here, but from my generation onward, everybody's just hated it. And uh, I think I figured out why. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I went to our... Um, our cafeteria the other day, and you know they're kind of famous for overcooking their their meat. Uh, well, the, I ordered a hamburger, not a liver hamburger, just a regular beef yeah. hamburger, ground beef hamburger. And he, he cooked it, and he overcooked it, and then he cooked it some more. So when you overcook meat, it just gets rid of all the flavor. Yeah. Right? But if you cook it some more, it actually adds a new flavor to it. <laughs> And when I took a bite of that hamburger, that new flavor tasted exactly like liver. Interesting. <laughs> so my theory is that the reason why my generation doesn't like liver is that we grew up uh, with our parents chronically overcooking the meat. I mean, that was that was they had reasons for doing that, but it was it was it yeah. was kind of a a, a a few decades there where instead yeah. of buying thermometers or or using other means to properly cook your meat, they would just, they would just you know, kill it a second time. Yeah. Just to be sure. Well, that's the, the you know, food safety uh, concern. Maybe back then it was stronger than, than now even. That's right. When you get ground uh, meat, ground beef, uh, there's a chance that it's contaminated. Yeah. And there were always stories on the news about that. Yeah. So, you know, uh, if you love your kids, you cook your meat uh, <laughs> and then you cook it some more. <laughs> so my theory is that I don't like liver, fried liver, because I've only ever had it overcooked. So I'm kind of really excited about buying some liver and frying it up um, the correct amount in yeah. the correct way. I have no idea what that is. I'm trying it again. In my family in Italy, uh, we do have uh, we do cook liver. Uh, I can't say that it is my favorite, but I, I do like it. It is um, fried, um, I think, with probably butter and oil together and it's lightly floured before and then um, you serve it with, with a, a lemon freshly squeezed on top and um, to me it's good it's uh, it's a strange flavor though I understand that a lot of people don't quite like it yeah in Japan it's very very popular it is interesting. especially if you talk to kids a lot of most of them like liver from my experience, I'm not sure what the actual statistic is, but I was just astounded how many people love liver in Japan. It's very much a flavor for a dog toothpaste. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason, we're out of time. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. Thank you, everybody.